This is the Canucks Central Post Game Show. Horvat plays to the back door for Patterson. Settles. Shoots. Scores! Pass for Holloway. Tipped off his stick. Came into the slot. Nugent Hopkins fanned on a shot, but scored on the second opportunity. As Martin was screened in front, couldn't track it. He beats him on the short side, and the Oilers have tied it at four. With the instant reaction from the players and coaches. Patterson, one-timer, he scores! Elias Patterson with his second power play goal of the period, and it's 5-4 Vancouver. Of the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Canucks win 5-4. It is their first preseason victory here. In 2022-2023 season, you can relax. Canucks get a W in the preseason, and this is the Canucks Center Post Game Show on Sportsnet 650. Satyar Shaw with Dan Riccio. Get your thoughts into our Dunbar Lumber Text Inbox 650-650. You can also grab a phone line 604-280-0650 or toll free 1-888-275-0650. And well, it was a game of special teams and. You know, uh, Randy Janda, color commentator, alongside Brandon Bachelor for the call tonight of the game, Canucks winning 5-4. Real special teams battle tonight, but Randy, one of the things that we totally saw, though, more effort, more pace, more liveliness, and, yeah, it kind of felt like we're getting a bit closer to the regular season. That's right. That lineup, compared to the one we saw last time around, more NHL-ready, something that you'd see similar maybe on opening night, but... It was about 60-minute effort, right? And yeah. then we talked about with the, the heavy AHL roster last game of they put in a good shift. And sure, they got beaten 7-2 in the end, but that was something that you wanted to see from an effort perspective. Now, the NHL regulars, they followed it up tonight. And some a lot of good things. I, I think you have to lead with Elias Pettersson and that shot. If you give him room, I think that was a reminder to the Edmonton Oilers. If you give him room with the wrist shot or the slap shot on the one-timer, he's going to make you pay. I'm excited for that power play this year. I, I don't know how the penalty kill is going to be. I'm not sure. I think we still have to see that against teams day in, day out, see how they operate, guys. But the power play, if Quinn Hughes can get shots through like he did on that Tanner Pearson goal, yeah, they're going to have some options. They're going to have a lot of options. I mean, uh, power play essentially you know, scored three goals tonight. Could have been four. The Hoaglander goal at the, that, that opened the scoring tonight came just as a power play was ending for the Vancouver Canucks, so it goes as even strength, but comes right off the end of a power play. I mean, look, the the power play has probably been the overall biggest positive of the preseason for the Vancouver Canucks. Like, any time, you know, 90% of the top unit has been available, uh, it's looked extremely dangerous. It has clicked, and they've never played it with, you know, Miller, Horvat, Pedersen all in the lineup, but it still looked very dynamic. And that is, uh, if, if you're taking anything away from the preseason, it's that the power play is ready to go. And what makes a good power play? You've got multiple options, right? Like Tampa is probably the standard. Obviously Edmonton is a, another really high-end power play. But what do those teams have that makes you jealous as a hockey fan? A bunch of guys that can score. Zach Hyman can clean up the garbage. Connor McDavid does what he does. Leon Dreisaitl can score one-timers with the best of them. And then Tampa's got similar options. Vancouver, in its own way, is starting to see. You're starting to see some of that, right? If Brock Besser comes back healthy after five or seven games, you've got. Even I don't know if Besser's net front when he returns. He might not be. Well, Kuzmenko. Kuzmenko. Yeah. Kuzmenko gives him another option. 
it does come down to what Kuzmenko can do and, and how prolific he can be on the power play. But, I mean, you know, the story of the night to me, as far as individual players goes, is Elias Pettersson yet again. Yep. You know, I mean, he's just... He's been the story of every preseason game he's played in. He has been, and he's just asserting himself as the best player on the ice consistently. I mean, Connor McDavid tonight, when he decided to do whatever he wants, I mean, yes, it's his world. Yeah, we just live in with it. the power boost, you can't do anything, man. <laughs> no, you can't. Burst. Yeah, exactly. You watch that goal on replay, like, the, the Oilers tweeted it out after... Um, it it doesn't like it doesn't do it justice. Just like how quickly it happened in real time. He just decided to like, all right, I'm going. Yeah, yeah. and it's just gone. Even yeah. the Hamlin goal, guys. Like, yeah. that's Connor McDavid. That's him oh. going down the wing, yeah. taking Tucker Pullman. And he's to going down, and it's like he just moves the puck across, and it's just an incredible play. But I mean, outside of McDavid being McDavid, I mean, Elias Pettersson was the best player on the ice outside of McDavid doing his thing, and it's a consistent theme that we're seeing. And what impresses me so much, or at least what, what gets what encourages me about his likelihood of having a good season, is the desire is there, the confidence is there, the preparedness is there in his game. I mean, last year you saw he just seemed like a shell of his former self the first, you know, bit of the season, and then finally he figured it out. But if he's dialed in like this, and you've got a different level to go to, and he's making an impact, even strength, power play. PK as well. I mean, created that 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 breakaway chance for Bo Horvat. Two breakaway chances yeah. for Bo Horvat. Two of them. I mean, he's making an impact everywhere tonight. Well, you talked about desire. That first shift of the game, when he lands the hit behind the net on the forecheck, being aggressive, that tells you about the desire, right? There's another hit along the left-hand side boards where the skill is always there. But taking on that opening faceoff, Connor McDavid's on the ice against him, and he's coming in saying, I'm confident I'm going to win these puck battles. That, to me, is what you should be excited about. We all know he's got the skill. He's always had the skill. But if he can match that intensity right off the game where he's ready to go, you know, we talked about the Canucks having terrible starts last year. Yeah. They're not going to have terrible starts if Elias Pettersson's playing like that. And if he's starting off every night or close to every night with that sort of mentality, that to me was an eye-opener to say this guy is ready to play this year. So many people have talked about setting the standard, setting the culture, and these like buzzwords and everything like that. Pettersson's been the only guy in, in preseason that has been fully engaged every single night. You know, like that. I, I don't know if there was a message at the end of the year to Pedersen about that, but if there's anybody that is setting a high standard with the way they've played in every single game of this preseason, with the way they showed up in training camp, it's number 40 more than anybody else. Well, what have we heard? JT Miller said it, a couple of others have said it. Our young guys are not that young anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Sat, you've referenced that, I yeah. know, on the show as well, where. Yeah, Leas Pedersen, Quinn Hughes, even last year. I know Quinn Hughes, you could start to see a little bit more leadership come through, even in his media availabilities and his play for sure. So I think those two guys specifically are the guys that are, are the next leaders of this team. We can all talk about Bo Horvat. We can all talk about JT Miller. But it's on these guys yeah. in the next handful of years to say, how do you take it up? How do you make this team even better? And I, I look at Elias Pedersen's effort tonight to say, all right, this guy wanted it right off the bat. You know what? You know, to me... Yes, I'm sure the message was there, Dan, and you know the, the team wants something from him. But this is what he was, what he is, I think, and this is what we saw the first couple of years: like the self-starter, the self-motivator, the desire to be great. And I know IMAX referenced this a lot, and when he's written about it and, and talked about Pedersen, it's not like Pedersen. His mindset wasn't just, I want to be the best player on a team. He wants to be one of the best players in the world. Yep. Well, if you want to be one of the best players in the world, you got to be dialed in. Yeah. And he was the first couple of years. And then, obviously, the North Division year it was all weird, and he got injured. And, hey, whether it was injuries, he talked about it, the holdout, whatever it was, he wasn't 
it wasn't the same mentality. The mindset wasn't what it was. Now it's going back to the player we saw coming in as a rookie, yeah. saw in the second year. Yeah, listen, life isn't always easy. Young guys mature at different paces. Things happen. We handle differently in whatever the case is, and we don't know what was going on or whatever, but I think this is what this player is, and I don't think he needs anybody to tell him you know, how hard it needs to work. No, and I, I look at that. I like his honesty when he was talking about last year to say, hey, I wasn't most confident. Maybe the pressure got to me. But I think looking forward now, and five on five, you know, decent game. But he made his money tonight on the power play. That's something that you like to see. Now, moving forward, what does that mean for the lineup? Does Bod Colson stay there? Do they go back to Mikheyev? Do they move around? Like, I, I'm still yeah. open to that conversation because I thought five on five, you know, there were some good moments. But this was more about Elias Pettersson succeeding a in that power play role and b even late in that game he was out there with dickinson out there with lazar essentially putting the nail in the coffin when it came to all right we're going to close out this game Mm -hmm. who's going to be out there it's going to be our two shutdown guys that are going to see a lot of those minutes and then also elias petterson who we have all the confidence in the world in his uh his defensive awareness shouldn't go unnoticed tonight uh you know like yeah the power play was there made some really good plays on the penalty kill you know stringing uh you know, Bo Horvat in for a couple of breakaways that he wasn't able to finish. But, yeah, even the, the, the late game, I thought he handled those minutes even a little bit better than Bo Horvat did towards the end of the game. There was a couple of times Horvat had chances for clearances, wasn't able to do it. Um, but Pedersen, like, this is the thing. He's not just an offensive dynamo. And, and when you see him on the penalty kill, we talk about this all the time, yeah. Sad, you noticed it tonight. You know, the anticipation, just the way that he reads the play is – it's such a big part of his defensive game, and it really shows up when he plays in those defensive moments. Yeah, you know, overall with the team, too, tonight, I, I thought it was better. Um, it was a step in the right direction. You win the game. The intensity was there. The desire was there. But I thought Spencer Martin's night kind of encompassed how the Canucks played tonight as well. because Four goals he, on 21 shots? Yeah, but, okay, maybe you can quibble with a couple, but how many breakaways? Yeah. How many two-on-ones? Yeah. Backdoor plays being open. You know, so there's still a lot of stuff you can clean up, and that's what you want to see on Friday against the Coyotes. You know, play a closer to a cleaner game. You know, don't make as, as many mistakes. And we talked about the Canucks not giving up high-danger scoring chances and stuff like that and everything. And, hey, Spencer Martin, he showed last year he's capable, at least in a small sample. He's talented. He got a two-year contract. But he's not Thatcher Demko. Yeah. And, you know, if he's going to face quality chances like that, he's not going to hold up. You know, so it's easy to you know point to him and say, but I thought as much as the Canucks outshot them heavily with thirty-one twenty-one at the end of the night, night, and at one point you're right, he gave up four goals on fourteen shots. Yeah, the quality of those goals, most of them, was pretty high. We're talking about big time chances. And when the Oilers came with heat, when they came with an aggressive forecheck, when they turned it up, you could see some of the cracks on the back end for the Canucks. Right, Tyler Myers and Kyle Burrows had right before the, the one of the equalizing goals. Yeah. They had trouble getting the puck out of the zone. That carries over to the next shift. And what Myers happened? had trouble getting the puck out of his own end all night. All night. But especially that play where it turned into the, just gave the Oilers momentum. So I'm with you on that side. I think there's, you know, you got to remember this was not a full Edmonton Oilers squad. No. And it felt like there were certain moments when they ramped it up. Can the Canucks defense cope with that? And to your point, if you don't have Thatcher Demko there, remember two games 
that Spencer Martin's probably going to have to play in the first two weeks of the season. Yeah. So you got to make sure that you put him in a position to succeed. So th- those questions about defense, they weren't answered tonight. They still gave up four goals. They still gave up some high-quality chances. And also they gave up some chances on mm-hmm. the power play as well. There's a couple of, you know, Zach Hyman scores a short-handed goal. So there, there are going to be moments where I think you'll look back and say, all right, you have to clean this up. Those questions haven't been answered yet, but... It's a, it's a double-edged sword for me, though. Like, yes, I like yeah, they gave up too many high-danger chances, but I don't think Spencer Martin made a big save tonight either. I mean, that's fair. I think it's fair. I think I think that's a fair thing to say. I think it could have been better, and you can probably say, you know, one or two of those goals. But, like, look, if you're going to be the Canucks goalie, you got to make a big save. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think you're a, wrong, but, but I think at the same time, but we talk about this team has to be better as a team game. Yeah. And if the team game is going to be like that, well... You know, I, it, it, and, and, and I'm not saying it's going to stay that way. It's the preseason, but just in general, like Spencer Martin isn't a Vezina level goaltender. No, you know what I mean. Like, he's proving he's got to prove that he's an NHL level goaltender this yes. year, right? Like to be 100 percent honest, he's played this, nine NHL games. That that's the point, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that, he's he's going to be in a position where now he's got to prove that he's a NHL level. So you cannot give up those those opportunities and i understand that's what you have to do when you're a canucks goalie but <laughs> we don't know about spencer martin yet we like that's a huge question mark if that's a demko place tonight canucks probably win five two yeah yeah probably not five four he probably saves a couple of those yeah. and we're not even talking about it, not worried about it but again it goes back to what you can clean up and get better at and yeah and it's, it's a progression through the preseason right like yeah. you want to get better and towards the end and obviously figure all that stuff out but a lot of positives as far as effort goes and one thing I did like, too, this is now two games in a row, and we'll let you go after this, Randy, but you noticed this as well last game, and, yeah, they caved in after 50, 54 minutes or whatever it was, but for the most part, the Canucks were efficient in moving the puck. They were efficient yep. in gaining zone entries, and it wasn't just, you know, flip it and do 50-50s. They were a lot more controlled in how they are playing their game, and, you know, the positive end of it was it led to a lot of offense. It did, and can you believe it, it was without Christian Willannon? That, that was a big part of this as well. It was Looking back at last game, we thought it was the Christian Willannon show, but I like that element of the game as well. Now I just wonder, you know, and this is where we'll get a better idea of it on Friday night when they play the Arizona Coyotes. Some of their, their brass were in the building tonight as well preparing for that. But, yeah, that's can this defense cope with the pressure, right? Yeah. Against Seattle – when they had more NHL defensemen in that second game, uh, they didn't they didn't necessarily have success there. Tonight, a lot better. Now, can they continue that? Because Sat, we've seen the good, we've seen the bad, but I, I'm li- liking this because this is you can tell the final two preseason games are generally when veterans yeah. start to think, start to ramp it up, and that this goes, is closer. That goes well. yeah. It's a lot closer. That, those yeah. Seattle games were were nice, and we made our judgments, but we also said, hey, the vets aren't there yet. This was a lot better. There's things you can clean up. Of course you can. But in terms of moving the puck out of the zone, doing it smoothly enough, you're moving in the right direction if you're the Vancouver Canucks. There was uh, there was a couple of really clean breakouts. Um, you know, I loved – there was one especially uh, with the Pedersen line. Pedersen was kind of coming through the neutral zone but just had a touch drop pass back to one of the defensemen. And then there's a, uh, another winger streaking through, and they actually gained – the offensive zone with speed, which, you know, if there was one thing I would critique tonight, there was times, especially in the first period, Sat, where we both pointed out, like, what's going on here? Kaiser, Kaiser kind of just, like, stagnant at the at the offensive blue line. You're not mm-hmm. – no speed through the neutral zone. And, like, how are you ever going to get controlled zone entries like that? But they cleaned up some of those things as the night as the night went on. I, I think, you know, for me, the, the one pair that I just really didn't like more than any other tonight was – was Myers Burroughs. 
Uh, Myers had a really tough time breaking the puck out of his own end again. Got and a tripped lot of, up by the blue line. Yeah, oh, sorry, by co- the faceoff circle. A couple of times. A um, couple of times, you know, he had time and space, and he just banged the puck out of the zone, giving it back to the Oilers. I mean, those are the kinds of things I, I think Canucks management want to see the least. Okay, and on that note, though, then what do you do, right? We've been talking a, a lot about Myers and who he fits with. It, it seems like it seems like all roads, all roads are pointing back to Oliver ekman Larson. Yeah, it feels like that's where this is headed because I didn't mind OEL Pullman tonight. Yeah, and Le- legitimately, like okay, Pullman got beat by McDavid yeah, but on who the Hamlin goal. Yeah, Hughes got beat by McDavid too. I well, mean, I mean, everybody's McDavid, getting beat by McDavid when McDavid he's doing dusted stuff like any, that. Everybody on the ice, it, man. he dusted three Canucks on that, <laughs> that goal. Was but was Pullman, another. Pullman's pace, uh, a couple of times his recovery speed yes. was there, Speci- specifically going cross ice recovery, which means you know it was a lot of ground he had to cover a couple of times, and he yeah. got all the way back. I don't know how I felt about that uh, scoring chance though. It looked like he stepped in the way of Bo Horvat. <laughs> <laughs> like I like him going YOLO every now yeah. and then, but no, I don't like him going YOLO. Like, hey, you know, preseason ed is fine. If that's happening in the regular season, Canucks fans and, and a lot of people in this building are going to say, what are you doing? You know, I, I like after tonight, I'm willing to listen to, and we talked about this in pregame. Uh, it was our lead on Canucks Central today. You can find it on the podcast. Like, just how do you set up the Canucks defense? Hugh Shen, I'm, I'm comfortable with them. You know, yeah. uh, it, it's going to work. Hughes will make it work. OEL Myers, I think, is the default, but they want to see if OEL Pullman can work. And then you have Myers working on a third pair that's mostly sheltered, give him heavy PK minutes, and instead Myers is playing 18 minutes a night that he can probably win, and that's just a better situation mm-hmm. for Tyler Myers. And if Pullman can stick there next to OEL, I think uh, I think that that ends up benefiting the the Vancouver Canucks, and that wouldn't be the first time that Tyler Myers has played that role. Remember when he left Winnipeg, he yeah. played with Dmitry Kulikov on that third pair. You know he was a top four guy yeah. for a lot of his years there, but w- when he left Winnipeg, he was playing on the third pair. He's going to be eating a lot of times on the pe- penalty kill. We know that he played two hundred plus minutes last year. Is there a way that you can make that situation that you work? Because I'm with you. I think the Pullman OEL combo gives OEL an opportunity to to lean in a little bit more offensively and there's more to give we know that yeah can no. you find that right stay at home option with them and, and that's what you got to find it's one of the big things this team still needs and to kind of well not complete the black end back end there's more to do but at least round it out a lot more Randy great job doing color alongside Brendan Batchelor who had the play call tonight Canucks win 5-4 here in Abbotsford over the Edmonton Oilers and we look forward to chatting with you and hearing your call coming up on Friday. Thank Canucks you, boys, and, and uh, drive safe. Yes, please drive safe. make sure you home. get something to eat, Sat. You're, uh, you're all skin and bones, man. Come on now. <laughs> not eating enough. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, trust me, we're picking up food on the way home. I don't know. Not that we haven't eaten enough here today. Ken, Ken hasn't fed us in three hours. It's, yeah. it's a problem. <laughs> Have a good one, boys. All, all they gave us was three different <laughs> meals. That's it. <laughs> Much love to everybody here and Ken uh, at the Abbotsford Abbots Center. Man, I can't talk halfway through today. I don't know what's wrong with me. You need, uh, I got the marbles in your mouth right now. I think that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, anyways, keep getting your thoughts in to our Dunbar Lumber Text Inbox, 650-650. If you want, you can grab a phone line as well, 604-280-0650 or toll-free, 1-888-275-0650. A lot of texts coming in. Caribou Mark says, Skinner made some big saves. That's why we didn't get any shorties. Uh, what's the score of both Campbell and Demko play? Well, I mean, fair enough. If, if uh, C- Campbell's playing, maybe... He saves one, one more of those or whatever it was. Skinner wasn't bad. Yeah. I thought it was all right. He, the one, he got caught a little too deep at one point. But, I mean, the Canucks were – they created more chances tonight than Edmonton did. They, they 100% did. Um, I know Campbell made the big save the other night. 
I think Edmonton's biggest question mark this year right now is is their goaltender. For me. Yeah. I, like, there's still going to be a playoff team because McDavid and Dreisaitl are that good. But I, I do think they have a major question mark in goal. I am not sold on Jack Campbell whatsoever. So as far as, like, you know, Skinner's game, he wasn't you – know, he made the couple of saves on Horvat, but, I mean, that Garland goal was – not ideal so uh, yeah if if it's Demko Campbell and net tonight probably a similar type of game 4-2 maybe instead of what it ends up being 5-4 I really do think uh, the Canucks did a good job of creating offensive chances but also still would like to see more at five on five we have to remember essentially four of the five goals were on the power play um, Hoaglanders was even strength but yeah essentially uh, came at the end of a power play. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Kevin from Calgary says Canucks had more breakaways and two-on-ones, and Skinner made more saves. And Canucks had plenty of chances, you know. Yeah. That's that's one of the most encouraging parts. We talk about create more chances. The the Canucks certainly did that. Factually true, Stuart Skinner made more saves than uh, (laughs) than Spencer Martin. Facts only. Hashtag (laughs) facts only. Uh, William Texton, and he says, uh, Pedersen was great, but let's not forget the forever underrated Pearson and Hoaglander resurgence. Hoaglander showed today why he must be on the main roster. He gave the demon a reason to worry. Uh, that's William texting it. I mean, hey, music to your ears anytime anybody gives Tanner Pearson some love. Can we talk about Tanner Pearson for a second? He scores the goal, and two moments in the game when Pedersen got uh, hit from behind by Niemalainen, and then another moment. Uh, shortly thereafter, Pearson went after another Edmonton Oiler. I mean, he was just, he was team protect tonight. He was he was the Canucks' ultimate protector. They didn't need Dakota Joshua. Well, okay. Luke Shen wasn't out there. So you're saying Tanner that. Pearson was the one uh, sticking up for Petey, sticking up for his teammates. He was. But was there enough of a response from a guy like Dakota Joshua and others? Did you need to see more of a response? <laughs> and that's what people are saying in the text inbox. We'll discuss that, get some more of your takes. You can grab a phone line, 604 surprising take I've ever heard in my yeah. entire life. 604 <laughs> or 1-888-275-0650. Keep those thoughts coming into the text message inbox. 650-650. More coming up right here on Canuck Central on Sportsnet 650. Now, more of the Kintec Footwear and Orthotics Canucks postgame show. Join the discussion. Text us at 650-650 or call us at 604-280-0650. This is the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. And they win the pace off of the Oilers' zone. Hughes, left point for Horvat To the right side for Elias Pettersson. Behind the net to Kuzmenko. Again to Horvat. Back to Hughes. Right side, Pettersson. One-timer. He scores! Elias Pettersson with his second power play goal of the period, and it's 5-4 Vancouver. And that is how the game comes to an end. Canucks win 5-4 here at, at the Abbotsford Center, beating the Edmonton Oilers. And this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show on Sportsnet 650. Get your thoughts into our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650. You can also grab a phone line, 604-280-0650 or toll-free, 1-888-275-0650. And, um, you know, the Abbotsford Center is completely... Empty now, pretty much. I mean, uh, it, it cleared up pretty quickly. But the cleanup crew is here. It is the, the cleanup crew is here, getting it d- done pretty quickly. There's some, you know, staff around cleaning up, and we're here broadcasting. But 
Uh, the vibe at this bu- in this building tonight was really good. I mean, it was a so- sellout crowd. They were into it. The game was pretty entertaining. And yep. more than anything, you heard the calls coming in, some, some incredible goals tonight, whether it was power play goals, Connor McDavid doing the incredible, which he's always capable of doing. But focusing in on the man advantage and what Elias Pettersson was able to do, scoring two goals tonight, you know, and no JT Miller. And yep. we'll hear from head coach Bruce Boudreaux coming up in a few minutes. But this was a scheduled game off for JT Miller, so there's no injuries or anything to worry about. And obviously, Brock Besser is out. But... That power play with Pedersen being the way he is, being on the way he is, and Kuzmenko being a part of it with how, how comfortable he looks net front, Dan, uh, it's pretty exciting like, what these guys could potentially do this season. The Oilers' entire season last year and ability to finish as well as they did was based off of their hot power play to start the season. Yeah, I, I, that's not hyperbole. <laughs> I mean, the power play was like fifty percent for the first two months of the year, so that's why they won a bunch of hockey games. But remember how dreadful they were for a time. Yeah, you know, in the lead up to Dave Tippett getting fired, like yeah, the, the Edmonton Oilers, despite finishing with over a hundred points last year, fired their coach. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's like people just forget that, like it's stricken from the record, like <laughs> you know, like no, that that really happened. But their their first two months of the year. Wasn't perfect, but their power play won them a bunch of games. Mm -hmm. And I think that's huge to have off the start of the season where, you know, if the Canucks are able to carry this momentum with their power play, it can help you get results even if the rest of your game isn't, you know, as clean as you would like it to be. Yeah, Amir points out on Twitter saying, can you guys talk about the two shorthanded goals? He's a bit concerned by that. I mean, the one thing to keep in mind, Pierce is not going to be on that power play, especially playing the bumper spot. And you're not going to have Horvat playing the half wall. There's a couple times Horvat turned the puck over with odd man chances yeah. when he was trying to make that pass at a bumper spot. That's not where he normally plays. There are some times where some awkward things happen, especially on those entries, which led to some chances going the other way. I'm not too concerned by that because, again, I think a couple of the ones that happen, if you have Miller back and Horvat's in his own spot, those things don't happen. I'm more encouraged by one of the things you mentioned the deception and what Pedersen is doing each time he has the puck, Kuzmenko and the wrinkle that he adds, it wasn't perfect. And there are things they still have to clean up, of course. But that's the nature of the preseason. What we asked for and wanted to see was some tangible evidence and some habits and some things that you can look at and say, okay, this is going to translate to the regular season. This can help this team have some, some success, for instance. And those are the things that excited me about the power play. It wasn't perfect. Yeah, there are things you have to clean up. But the Kuzmenko-Pedersen... One, two, and what those guys are doing—that more than anything can can give this power play, which is already was already one of the top power plays, a bit of a higher ceiling. The biggest critique of the power play, well, there's two big critiques that we had of the power play at different points last year. One, it's too stagnant, too static. Uh, but the biggest one for any power play is the puck doesn't move quickly enough. And I don't see that problem right now. Even though they have not played any games with the the top power play unit fully there, the puck has never looked slow, really. And and I think a big credit goes that to to, to Hughes and Pedersen with the way that they're moving the puck mostly. Uh, I really like what Kuzmenko has brought, being a willing and wanting the puck down low, below the goal line and moving it that way. There was a moment in one of the games last week they had two players below the goal line to yeah. move the puck. And what, what does that do? Why is that important? 
well, think about it. You know, if 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 you're a defender, all of a sudden uh, having to watch two players below the goal line, your back is now turned to where the threats may actually be. Yeah, exactly. The point man, the two guys on the half wall getting ready to shoot, whatever it may be, somebody in front of the net, you are now having to turn away from the danger area. And, you know, these are wrinkles that you see a lot of other teams do that the Canucks didn't have enough of last year. And I love that we're seeing them so early on in preseason. Yeah, and, you know, once they get into more of a rhythm and they get hot, it's one of those power plays that can get going in a hurry, especially if they have some success early on. Keep those thoughts coming into our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650-604-280-0650. Let's go to the phone boards. They are open. You can also grab it toll-free, 1-888-275-0650. Let's go to Cloverdale, where Jake is on the line. Jake, thanks for calling in, man. Uh, What you got for us tonight? Hey, guys. uh, Thanks for taking my call. I I have about three observations about this game. Um, The first one is, I thought the power play, the first five power plays um, especially, were were pretty good. But I think it was more like Kuzmenko and Hughes creating than PD. I think PD was kind of stagnant originally, and he was doing a lot of slap passes. I, it completely changed. I really wonder if someone uh, said to him, you know, just start shooting the puck. And, you know, you could see the last five power plays, it was completely different. Uh, PD was shooting and shooting and shooting, and eventually... You know, he broke through and then was as dynamite as usual. Um, the second thing I really wanted to mention is, uh, you know, Bo Horvat, he had an okay game. I don't think it was as good as maybe some people are saying it was. I, I thought, especially in the first period, he lost a lot of face-offs from what I saw. And then he, he wasn't working as hard as I was hoping for. But, you know, he had some good PK shifts today, a couple of breakaways. But my, my problem with this or with Horvath specifically, is this is preseason. And, you know, there's guys who are getting cheap-shotted all over the ice. Uh, There's a ton of dirty plays with him on the ice. And it was Pearson going after and standing up for everybody. And uh, while Horvath was literally doing nothing there, he was just literally holding and holding people. And it's just, it's frustrating to see this because he's our captain. He's supposed to be the leader. And as our leader, I, I believe he needs to do more. He needs to go grab, hit someone, especially it's preseason. So I don't know. I, that, that was pretty frustrating. So actually, I'll just leave it at that. And I'm just curious what you guys think. Cheers. Hey, hey thanks for the phone call. That is Jake calling in in Cloverdale. And hey, we were talking about, uh, you know, you mentioned Pearson jumping My in. My guy Pearson does it all, man. Jumps Underrated. The defense of Miller and Pedersen and uh, Quinn Hughes. But Jake says, where's Bo Horvat in that? And I saw other people texting in and say, where, why why didn't Bo jump in? And last year, remember, it was a couple times, there was a one play, I think, somebody got run over. I forget who it was. Um, and, you know, it was a bit of a flyby from Bo. He didn't do anything. People got really mad about that or whatever. Generally speaking, it's also the preseason. So you kind of wonder, are guys going to drop the gloves? But I can understand when people want to see a reaction when it's your two best players. Does it matter yeah. if, they're, if it's the preseason? Does it matter if the games matter or not? If, if, you're, if it's your best players getting hit, should there be more of a reaction? And some people texted in and said, what about Dakota Joshua? I thought this is what he's supposed to be brought in for, and why is he not doing anything more? So it's good to see Pearson jump in. And there was a, there was a scrum, obviously, after the uh, Petters, the hit on Pedersen from Nimala and there's a few Canuck players that jumped in. I think Horvat yeah. jumped in on that. A few other guys jumped in. It was a big scrum afterwards. But the point that people made was... I mean, it was a power was, play. So none was, of those guys are on the ice, other than Horvat. Exactly. So the point was, though, later in the game, did you need to see those guys maybe try to assert themselves? And, hey, fair point if you want, but those things are hard to manufacture unless you're literally just 
grabbing somebody and fighting. Yeah, it's uh, th- they are difficult to manufacture. Um, people aren't going to want to hear this, uh, but yes, Nima Leinen hit Pedersen from behind, and it looked gross, but uh, I'm not totally sure what Pedersen was doing there. He put himself in a very vulnerable position. Yeah, he was way too keeled over there. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a really strange spot that he put himself in, and he ends up being fine afterwards, so you know maybe tempers sort of calm down. Didn't love, you know, the clothesline from hell that Darnell Nurse yeah. gave to, to Nils Hoaglander. That should have been a five in a in a five minute major, I thought. Yeah. It was a clothesline, looked like an elbow to the face, not a high stick. And hey, it's a preseason game, it was two it's four minute penalties. Not like the Canucks didn't get anything yeah. out of it, but I thought that should have been a five. That that for me was also uh, a five minute major for, for elbowing. Um but you know, they didn't get that call. What I'd I'd love to see Dakota Joshua just like you know uh, throw a big hit on one of those guys, but you know if that opportunity never really presents itself, then it, it never really presents itself. I think the coach more more than anything wanted to focus on getting a win, getting this team feeling some good vibes going into what is the final preseason game, and most importantly playing the way that they needed to play that they're going to have to play to get wins during the season more so than you know. Chuck and Nux with somebody after a, uh, a weird preseason play. Yeah, I understand. Uh, at the same time, can it be? Can it ever be too soon to have team building moments? And yeah. you know, I have time for that discussion. All right, uh, we've been giving our thoughts on the game and, and sharing some of yours on the text inbox and also on the phone boards. What does a head coach think of the game? Bruce Boudreau. Are the Canucks closer with their habits? Well, here is the Canucks head coach after a five-four win in Abbotsford against the Oilers. Oh, it's always nice to win. You know, I mean, it's way more fun to win than lose, no matter what the situation or, or the game is. So, uh, but they worked really hard. They wanted to win. They know they'd been hadn't played as well as they're capable of playing. And even though there was still a lot of mistakes made, you could see the effort and the will was there. So that that was very encouraging. You talked about wanting to play faster. Did you see a bit of that tonight? A little bit. There's so many penalties. It was hard really to get into it but I mean I thought uh, you know we finally um, I don't know if the shots were anywhere near right but I mean uh, uh, you know to hold them under 25 shots is a pretty good thing even if they don't have dry sidle playing you talk about the number of power plays but at the same time your power play scores three times you got to be pleased with that yeah when Petey gets that shot going he's pretty dangerous and and the power play can be dangerous but uh, in this league uh, it's such an even league that the power plays usually are the difference makers. So, I mean, if, uh, if if our power play scored one more goal than theirs, then I think that was the difference. Bruce, it looked this morning like JT was going to play. He didn't. Was, is there... Well, the plan was to play him Friday. And, I mean, we didn't want to throw everybody out there. And, um, I mean, he'd played a couple games. We only wanted him to play three preseason games. So, uh, so the, the plan is for him to play Friday. One of the... Uh progress things for young players to be engaged not just to be a skill set and Pedersen showed that tonight and he, and he talked a lot about it today in the sense that he needs to be that kind of a player what does well, it mean to a coach well you know what you could tell from the very first shift I mean he goes out there and he hits uh, somebody knocks him over then he takes another hit and that's what leadership is and uh, I, I think Petey really wants to become a leader but I mean he led all night long and that was great coach you said you wanted to see complete games from your uh, group 
through the rest of the preseason here. Did you see more of that today? We saw more, but it's not complete yet. I mean, there's there was a lot of scrambly mistakes in our own zone, which we really have to clean up. I mean, and and they will be cleaned up. But uh, uh, saw a lot better things going on tonight with the defense and with the forwards coming in to support them. Bruce, you played Kyle Burrows on the left side tonight. How important was it for you to get a look at what he can do as an option on his offside? Well, he was he played a lot of his offside when I first got here last year and was fine, so I was comfortable with him doing that. But, I mean, if we have to uh, start the season with him on the offside, it's great for him to get a, um, a couple games in and to feel comfortable uh, especially playing with Tyler, who he hadn't played with probably all all last year. Uh, Tucker Pullman um, gets a shot with Albrecht and Larson. Uh, you wanted to play him a lot in preseason, see how he handled it. What have you seen to this point? What did you see tonight? Well, I thought it was his best best game tonight. And every game, he keeps getting stronger. Like, I mean, in the first game, he played okay, but faded near the end. And the second game, he probably lasted till two periods before he started fading. I thought this was way more complete tonight. And that's just because of a lack of playing. It's nothing uh, to do with it. So the more he plays, the, I think the better and stronger he'll get. Nozaman also got uh, a look in a spot where if he wins the job, we can see him potentially. Um, what have you seen from him over the course of camp? What have you seen Well, I thought over the course of the camp, like he's opened eyes, A, with his speed when we did the – the skating wasn't a test, but when we had the good skate the one day and his endurance was great, but he's so smart defensively, and that line had a role. We tried to put them on almost all the time with Connor, but, I mean, sometimes Connor's shifts are two minutes long, and, and uh, you have to have somebody else to go against them. But I thought that line did a really good job, and he was very responsible in his own zone. So uh, we were all just talking about that. We thought he played very well. Well, McCabe, I know that you had said last week you were hoping He's skated a couple times right now, but I mean it's still a process before he's game ready. What do you think he'll be practice ready? Um, that's up to the doctor. He hasn't told me yet. Uh, I just know he's, he's skated two days, and, and uh, Brock has skated five or six, and um, hopefully they're ready sooner than later. That Travis Dermott? Um, he didn't skate today. And um, what about uh, Justin Dowling and Phil DiGiuseppe? Well, I think uh, Justin... Uh, is getting ready to, you know, I mean, he's been out for a while. I don't, I, I, I don't know um, 100% when his timetable is. Uh, De Giuseppe, we're still evaluating him. Uh, we haven't, uh, uh, the doctors haven't really found out it, if or if there's anything really wrong with him, so we're still evaluating that. With the last preseason game on Friday, how important was the performance of some of those guys, whether it's in Oman or a Burroughs tonight, um, well, you know what? Some people do. Some people think, okay, this was the the game that we really wanted to show that we could play. And uh, um, but we haven't made that decision on the lineup that's going to take place on Friday. I mean, I mean, there, we're only down to twenty five players, so it's got to be a pretty good lineup, no matter no matter who's in it. So I mean, but we want to get better as a team, and if we have success in the last two games, it you know you sort of forget the first five, and and you just move on into the season. Colander gets the early goal. Uh, has he shown you what you wanted to see from him in this preseason? In, in bits and pieces, I mean, but I thought he was good tonight. Um, you know, he got that clip in the nose uh, and took some stitches, but uh, uh, he's around the, the puck, and when he's scoring, he's doing a good job. 
played Dickinson and Lazar a fair bit together at even strength and on the penalty kill. What have you thought of that tandem, and what did you think of them tonight? Well, I think they're. Get, I thought that was a very good game by those guys, and I mean they had a role. They the, from the beginning of camp when we put them together, they know their role is a shutdown role, and uh, if they can do that successfully, we're going to be a, um, a hard team to play against because I mean. We got. We'll have more than enough players that can, can go out there, whether it's third, fourth line, or bottom six, and 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 get the job done. These those guys could get the job done. That's real good. Uh, just there's um, Jack Rathbone not in the lineup tonight. Will we see him on Friday? I haven't. I don't know. There's a good chance. I would think. Is there anything we can read into him? No, no. I mean, this is the first time we wanted to play all six of our guys that we hadn't put them together and and when we were toying with you know Ekman Larson and Pullman we wanted to get Hughes back with Shen because for whatever reason it works and uh, um, so we and we wanted to see Burroughs on the left side so we can only dress so many guys so we'll see uh, after we talk to you know management and and the, we have our meetings tomorrow we'll figure out who's going to play Friday. Thatcher didn't dress tonight. Was that all part of the plan too, just to give him a complete? Yeah, we only wanted him to play in three games, so I mean, he will play Friday. Thank you. Okay, so I just thought I'd give you that. <laughs> Bruce, there's a couple times where Tanner Pearson's the first guy in to back up some players after some dirty hits. How important is that from a veteran player, and what does that do for? Well, I, I would hope it shows everybody else what you have to do to protect your team, and uh, he did it. And, uh, uh, you know, I'll take those penalties all night long when you're out there and you're playing for your team, no matter what the situation, that's, that's great news. And he did it, and he did it willingly. That is Canucks head coach Bruce Boudreaux after a 5-4 win at Abbotsford, in Abbotsford over the Edmonton Orders for your Vancouver Canucks. And uh, the bit at the end on Tanner Pearson, show the other guys <laughs> what you need to do. Uh, just uh, given all the callers that are, that were uh, <laughs> ripping Horvat for not jumping in as much, uh, just uh, more fuel to the fire. Hey, praise Tanner Pearson for doing it. Um, you'd like to see, uh, I guess, more players uh, for the Canucks doing that as well. Yeah, I suppose so. I'm, I mean, not, I'm not, I'm not going to like, yeah, you know, waste too much breath over it. No, but hey, it's more about hey, glad somebody did. You know, that's the message, and somebody else texted in. Well, people don't realize, like, Tanner Pearson is quietly a big part of this team. Well, yeah, he, he's, he's a, a lot leader of on the team. Well, and this, this text, unsigned, says Pearson is only one kind of rated, and that's overrated. The Canucks will be better off without his cap hit is an unsigned text. So, hey, no matter what, it always comes back to money, and that's what people will point out. But um, he did obviously provide the, some of the t- toughness that you want, and last year had a solid season. Tanner Pearson is a good contributor. It's a fair point. Would you rather have him or the money freed up to do other things? Yeah. Fair enough. But regardless, he's a guy who contributes when he's out there. I, I, he played like a $4 million winger last year. If he can continue playing like that, I'm totally fine with the contract. For sure. Now, let's go through some of the things that um, Bruce Boudreaux had to say here. Yeah. He said Rathbone didn't play tonight because he wanted to get all of our six guys together. <laughs> uh, some Like... You know, was that a slip Bo- or just Boudreaux's not always the cleanest with with how he words things, right? Uh, so no, don't be be careful not to read too much into. Be that. careful not to read too much into. But that. but there's two things because I noted something else that he said about Burroughs earlier. Uh, he might have to play the left to start the season, so it's great to get him a couple of games before the season on the left side. Interesting. 
So twice he kind of alluded to this being our blue line. But now, is that going to be the case? Who knows? He also said good chance Rathbone plays on Friday, which is weird because who is he playing for uh, unless yep. Hughes or somebody takes a night up or whatever, and we'll see. But a couple of times he hinted at Burroughs starting the season on his left side despite being a righty and that this could be the defense. Um you know, th- look, there's a good chance if you put Burroughs on waivers that somebody might claim him just because of the scarcity of right-shot D-men in the league. Uh, so I-, I-, I could see it from a-, a few different reasons why you would do that. But I think the biggest thing here is they wanted to see OEL with Pullman, and uh, they seem to like it so far tonight. Um, Hughes and Shen, they're going to love that. They know they're going to love that. So it's all about finding the correct partner with Myers. And I guess Burroughs with Myers does make some sense because he would be the most defensively solid of those three between Burroughs, Willannon, and Rathbone. Yeah, and you know, and people are picking up on that, like Nate from Comox and others on the whole back end comment that Bruce Boudreaux had made. I would say after hearing Boudreaux, it seems as though Rathbone is now on the outside looking in of the opening night lineup. And I'm not surprised if that's the case because we talked about his game. Not that he was bad, but did he do enough for it to be like you'd rather have him or that the coach would be convinced that he should play above a veteran, for instance? Mm-hmm. I mean, and the the topic we had the other day was as good as Rathbone may have been or however much you may like him, if we're being honest, has Christian Willannon been more impressive or Rathbone? Yeah, Willannon. And yep. hey, maybe slightly more. But if he is, mm-hmm. then how is the coach going to view that? Because if Willana's not going to make the team, that means yeah. Burrow's probably ahead of him if he's playing. So, And that doesn't mean that Rathbone's not going to play a lot to see if he will get a chance. But right now, the way it looks, we're getting a pretty good indication of where guys are at. And he talked about guys who have injured Besser and Mikheyev skating. But Mikheyev hasn't Still yet. a process. Still a process. Besser, obviously, they're hoping is back a bit sooner. Uh, one of the more interesting things... Uh, Really praising Nils Oman again. Um, I, I don't know. It like the more games go by, with the injuries still that they've had within the lineup, Sat, it feels to me like Nils Oman is uh, until they get some bodies back. I th- I think right now Nils Oman is in the opening night lineup. I mean, by default too. Yeah. You know, and uh, again. Very, very, uh, a lot of praise. That line had some really Boudreaux. good shifts against McDavid tonight. Hey, Boudreaux said we did our best to match him up against McDavid as much as possible, but he had two-minute shifts sometimes. You can't keep a guy yeah. out there for two minutes against McDavid. But the more you see from him, the more impressed you are. And right now with all the injury, DiGiuseppe needs to be evaluated. He's yeah. not going to be ready to go. Dowling is out for a while now. Uh, I mean, Dermot, he also mentioned, isn't even skating. So that's a defenseman. But look at the forwards, and somebody texted Stefan said, I like Carlson better, but Carlson can play a checking role. Carlson's not a center, and Carlson right doesn't now skate does, well enough. doesn't skate well enough, even though he has more skill to be able to break camp with this roster. Niels Ullman, though, he can at least play that role. I don't. If guys are healthy, maybe he doesn't break camp with this team or doesn't break the end of the preseason and start the season with this club. But the way the coach talked about him, the way he quitted himself here tonight, he very well could. Uh, it seems there's a lot of communication between coach and management right now. And it's preseason. I guess that's part of it. But uh, he's mentioned a couple of times after the game 
even you know management even really liked him too, and they said that a couple of times about Nils Oman. No, they certainly did. Uh, let's try to get a few texts in before we sign off here for the evening. Uh, this one unsigned. I was at the game tonight, and it was a great time. Really like Kuzmenko and Pedersen was outstanding. The one disappointing aspect, we still lack an enforcer. When will we recruit a genuine enforcer? I mean, how many genuine enforcers exist in the league right now? A handful? Very few. Right? So it's hard to get them, like good ones who can actually play. This team wants to get tougher, though. They talked about that. We'll see when the regular season season comes, the impact Joshua may have. But I think Lazar is a bit of a tougher player, like yeah. more of a modern-day, like sandpaper type of guy who's going to be hard to play against. Joshua is essentially going to be that guy for this team. Shen brings a little bit of that. I mean, that's already, like... You know, that's that's a few players. I just named three guys right there. Like, not even everybody in the league has that. So, um, uh, to me, it's 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 a non-issue. Well, you know what? I, yeah, I always have room. I always have time for tough players who can play. I always do. Nick but guys who can play. But play. Yeah, you can play. Don't overpay them either. But I'm always there for it. Can Ryan They're Reeves to... play? Or is he just like a guy on New York just there? Yeah, Reeves maybe. But he can, you know, Reeves can take enough shifts. And he's been effective enough that he can figure. Like, he, you can use Reeves him Reeves had a stretch there where he was fine. He was but fine. I think now it's Maybe not as much, much. But DeLaurier can play. Yeah. You know, and again, very rare to find not many of them. DeLaurier is the one guy in the league. And even the good guys that, that are talented, like Josh Anderson, they get hurt all the time. And yeah. they cost a lot of money. They're not easy to acquire. Uh, all right, a lot of great texts. We appreciate all the time. We're, uh, we look forward to being back at, at it again on Friday when the Vancouver Canucks host the Arizona Coyotes for the final preseason the game. The finale. The finale. Uh, we've had a lot of fun being here in Abbotsford today. We have a long trek home, but it's worth it coming out here to watch the Canucks win this game, be in exciting, in exciting fashion as well, and also the warm welcome and reception we've received in Abbotsford all the time. Special thanks to Canberra, our producer, to all of you for listening and being part of the show. We can't wait to talk to you again tomorrow on Canucks Central when Dan and myself, Satyar Shah, are back at it again. And we'll do overrated, underrated on Thursday because yes. we had too much going on here on location today. Plus, we'll hear from Cheech and a lot more. Thanks for listening. We look forward to chatting with you again. I'm Satyar Shah. He's Dan Riccio. And this has been the Canucks Central Postgame Show on Sportsnet 650.